Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. Father Matt. How's it going, Tommy? It is going well. Very good. So Welcome gonna... back to our podcast. I know it's been since the summer. Yeah. So what are we doing here today? We're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, the saints. I love the saints. It's one of my favorite parts of the Catholic Church and so excited to talk to us. And we're going to introduce some different saints and talk about what it means to be a saint and really how we're all called to be saints. That's that's pretty much everything. Yeah. Awesome. So what will the title of this be? The title of this podcast, how can we sum up what saints are? Like saints, that's the title. And then the subtitle, like the friends that you have that maybe you don't know. Saints, the residents of heaven. Saints, dead people who are more alive than you because they're in heaven. I like that. Saints, more authentically human than we are. Oh, saints. At least we've got bodies. They don't right now at this moment, but will at the resurrection of the dead. I'm really bad at titles. So let's just, uh, let's get into it. We're going to talk about three saints. What's a saint? Let's define uh, saints first. Okay. Because I think we use these words and sometimes I think we think everyone knows what they are. But um, if we look at the uh, a saint, so it's very simple. A saint is someone who's in heaven. So... When we die, we pray that we will go to heaven uh, and that we will be a saint. We're actually not angels. Sometimes we we say that, oh, this heaven gained a new angel. It's actually, we pray that heaven gained a new saint. Yeah, we don't become angels when we die and go to heaven. Angels are their own special species. Yes. We're human. We're always going to be human. Yeah. And so really, we're, we're all called to be saints. So at every baptism... Um, that I do. I always talk about how the baptized hopefully is the newest saint in the making. And that's really what we're all hoping that we are through holiness, through prayer, uh, through our very lives that we're the newest saints in the making. So uh, the saints are some of them we don't, maybe we know them personally. Maybe they're like our family members. Um, and we celebrate that on All Saints Day, November 1st. That's It's actually for them to be able to pray with them and to be able to see them and acknowledge them. Um, but then also in the church, we have saints that we name and the church says this person is without a doubt in heaven. We've done some research. We, there's two miracles attested to them and they're in heaven. Yeah. Lots of research is done, investigations, reading everything that they wrote that you could get your hands on uh, to see if they lived a life of heroic virtue. Not just, you know, a nice person who never said a bad thing about anybody, but truly lived a life of prayer, a life of um, frequenting the sacraments as much as they can. And then, yeah, loving God and loving neighbor. And, and when they're doing that, they're not looking for a perfect person because there really is no perfect person other than Jesus and the Blessed Mother. Mm -hmm. They're looking for somebody who's growing and who prays, somebody who wants to grow in the faith, somebody who maybe made mistakes, like we have great saints that did that, but then they ultimately found the Lord and uh, allowed their lives to be radically changed. And um, so the three saints we're going to talk about today, so I have favorite saints. I, these are probably not um, 
one of them is probably my favorite saying. We'll talk about him in a second. But uh, one of my my favorite saints would be like Saint Joseph. I love him. He's it's the year of Saint Joseph. He's mm-hmm. been big for me. But we know a lot about Joseph, more or less. I love Saint Peter. I think I'm a lot like him. I just can throw myself at things. <laughs> Uh, like the image of him jumping into the water when Jesus is on the shore. And I just always imagine they're just like rowing right next to him. Go on, Peter, you can keep doing it. <laughs> um, my name, Saint, Saint Matthew. I love uh, Saint, um, Saint Francis of Assisi. These are some of my favorites, but we know a lot about those saints uh-huh. more or less. Yeah. Who are some of your favorites? Yeah, I like some of those. I also like Saint John of the Cross and Saint Teresa of Avila. I like Saint Catherine of Siena. I think she's awesome. Um, I like St. Gemma Galgani. Oh, she's a um, good one. And I do like St. Francis. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago, I read a lot about St. Francis. Um, and man, he is, wow. There just, no one was ever like him. It's awesome. So, and, and what you just said there, I think sometimes we can think that that holiness, that sanctity is so beyond us. We can almost make saints into our superheroes, which they can be, they can inspire us. Like I, I love being inspired by the story of St. Francis of Assisi. I love being inspired by some of their saint and seeing that they can do this with Jesus. But sometimes we can almost forget that like holiness is really just the little ways, the little things. Um, So these three saints are actually people that I would say lived in different ways that, um, are probably a little bit more understandable for us. They maybe didn't have like big, big movements, but then God worked through their littleness Mm -hmm. and um, God wants to work through each and every one of our littleness. And, and we know these people in our lives that have maybe gone to the, gone to the Lord that like, wow, they were just so good. Like it wasn't like they did anything monumental, but their littleness was so beautiful. Yeah. And it's wrong to view holiness as someone who has this tremendous impact uh, really, it's just about union with God. And yeah. a person can be united to God and speak very little or even be a monk or a hermit who lives in a little shack in the woods and doesn't even see people that often. Or like the fathers of the desert who, um, you know, just lived in seclusion but were united to God. So, yeah, I think my first thing I want to talk about today is St. Andre Bisset. So, I went to Hoban and... They are run by the Brothers of Holy Cross. They're also the same order that runs St. Ed's, uh, Gilmore, and more, most famously, the University of Notre Dame. And they so are... So, Hoban is a Catholic high school. Hoban's a Catholic in high Cleveland. school. In Cleveland. Yes. Akron. Akron. Yes. Yes, I thank you for pointing that out. And St. Ed's is a Catholic high school, and so is uh, Gilmore is a Catholic high school. And then, obviously, University of Notre Dame, they're not just a football school. They're also a Catholic university. <laughs> uh, so, St. Andre Bissette... He is part of the order that runs them. And he's actually their first ever saint from that mm. order. They're a relatively recent order, only really founded in the 1800s. And what's interesting about that is they are an order that's a teaching order. And again, um, we have other teaching orders, like the Jesuits would be a teaching order. I would say um, in some ways the Benedictines can be somewhat of a teaching order. They have different charisms as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they run schools. and That's one of their big things. Well, really, the Brothers of Holy Cross, they, their own, really, they're one of the biggest objectives is to run schools. So, their teachers, oh, really? their principals, their, uh, all the things they have to do to run schools. And yet, St. Andre Bissette was mostly illiterate. He could not read. Huh. Where is he from? He is from Canada. He is the first ever Canadian-born 
saint named uh, that's been canonized. And I actually got to go to his canonization. So there was a mass with the Pope, um, Pope Benedict. And this was back in 2000, 2010. And he was canonized a saint, which meant that... Was this in Canada or Rome? It was in Rome. So you were in Rome. Why were you in Rome? Just I for this mass? studying abroad in Rome when I was huh. in the seminary. And it, the mass was going on. And I had a already knew St. Andre because I went to Hoban. And they talked about a lot of... Because he was blessed Andre. He had had one miracle and was beatified, which we'll talk. Our next person will actually be that. And he... Um, so I had kind of already a little bit of a devotion to him. And then he was going to be canonized when I was there. And what was really cool, so at this mass where, you know, there's people from all over the world, um, there were several other saints that were canonized at the same time. Hmm. Uh, St. Andre Bissette, who grew up in, uh, he was born in Canada, even spent a little bit of time in the United States as a young, as a young guy. Um, he didn't speak French. He spoke like a derivative of French that the poor people would speak. Hmm. So again, very, he had, he worked as a laborer. And he was attracted to holiness. Um, he wanted to be a brother of Holy Cross, and they rejected him. And the reason why they they rejected him is because, again, he couldn't read. He didn't have a teaching ability. And so then he um, continued to appeal, and his parish priest said, You're, I'm sending you a saint. Please accept this guy. So they accepted him hmm. begrudgingly, <laughs> and they made him a porter, which meant that he would hold the door. And then people would come to That's him. That's like fancy word for door doorman. Fancy, fancy bellhop kind of bellhop doorman. Uh, but then people started coming to him. Well, what door was he holding open? The door to what? He was holding the door to the uh, to the mon to the monastery and not the monastery to the to the Holy Cross Brothers in uh, Montreal. So he's huh. thing the oratory of Saint Joseph in Montreal. Huh. Um, and so he had a great devotion to. St. Joseph, and he actually wanted to build another chapel, and they said, like, fine, if you raise the money, you can do it. And But all these people really started to go to him and saw holiness in him and would talk to him, and he would talk about their problems. Again, he's not a very learned man. He's nothing what the world would see as a special guy. Mm -hmm. um, he would pray over them, and sometimes even people would be healed as he would pray with them. Hmm. And um, so then he ended up raising all this money and building what's now the oratory as we would know it today, if you go to Montreal and he uh, had over a million people attend his funeral. Oh, wow. This poor oh, illiterate gosh. man who had such an impact on so many people's holiness, so many people's um, who they were. Uh, and he must've really had a presence about him because you don't talk to the doorman for like a long amount of time, you know, unless you specifically go there. So it must have been, you know, small interactions just with total love, total presence to people. And they just started to keep coming back to him. I think he was giving them Jesus is what really what it comes down to. He he allowed Jesus to work in and through him and mm -hmm. really just, but yeah, like those small interactions really just allowed him uh, again. So nothing huge, nothing like he was just doing what he was called to do, hold the door and be there for people and love people and pray with them. And, um, so what's really interesting is that, uh, so when I was at his canonization mass, um, Pope Benedict, uh, during his homily, I think he switched like five languages during his homily pretty easily. <laughs> and you can understand him, you know, a very intelligent man. I think he's a very holy man. Um, and I think he could be one day be a saint someday. Um, 
But then also we have uh, St. Andre Bissette, who could hardly speak French. And he's a saint too. And yeah, I think no, it's one, really... no one would have chosen Andre Bissette to give the keynote address at a big conference. No. No. And it's easy to think that I'm not smart enough to be holy. I'm not, I don't know the Bible enough. I don't know. He, he knew Jesus and he, mm-hmm. he had a very simple faith that allowed that. And again, it's okay to learn. It's okay to, to, to read. It's, it's good to do those sorts of things, but to know that maybe that's not your thing, but it's okay. That's if God's calling you this, it's uh yeah. God's one of the larger lessons of become who God already created you to be, become who you already are. Don't try and be someone else. Cause you think that'll be the, uh, that'll be the ticket to holiness or influence or impact. All right. Who's next? All right. So we have blessed Carlo Cutis. Okay. So he is from, he is from Italy and he was, uh, he is the first millennial beatified. Really? And I'm a millennial. So I was born in 1990. He was born in 1991. Mm. And he died of cancer in 2006. Mm. And in between, he had a great um, devotion to the Eucharist. So, but yet he also lived in a normal way that would be exciting. So I got to go, um, last week I was at St. Michael's School, which is down the street from us and we're a part of. And I got to talk to second graders about some saints. And I introduced him to Blessed Carlo because he liked Pokemon. (laughs) He liked to play video games. Um, he had a PlayStation. He liked uh, to ski and to hike, but he also loved the Lord. He learned coding and actually made a website for Eucharistic miracles. Hmm. But really his story is fascinating because um, his parents were really not as into their faith. Like they were Catholic, but he would go to mass even when they wouldn't take him. Hmm. And he had a great, and he would go, um, he would even go every single day and he lived kind of a, a sickly life, but yet he had great joy um, and really tried to live as an ordinary kid, but yet still loved Jesus and still found his faith in that. Um, hmm. He was beatified, which um, again, beatified means he's blessed now. He will, we pray, be a saint. He needs one more miracle. Um, he was beatified just this past year. And they actually have since exhumed his body and it is incorrupt. Hmm. So, but he's kind of a cool, I like him because he, he kind of reminds us that, um, again, born in 1991, died in 2006, which of course I talked to all these kids and they're like, what year were you born? 2013. Yeah. And it's like, okay. (laughs) So that seems ancient to them that he died in 2006. It doesn't even seem ancient to me that he, he was born in 1991 and he died in 2006. Um, but he, uh, Really just had a, he really went out of his way to try to reach out to those who were lonely or bullied in his uh, school. He would try to befriend those who were homeless. And this is a really good thing. He limited his screen time. Mm. He would limit it to one hour of video games a week. <laughs> a I week? Told, and I told it to all okay, the kids. All right. like, I told it to all the kids and they're like, what? No. <laughs> um. So he is a... Uh, there were other things that he was using his time for. Because he wanted to give it to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Meeting with homeless people. You know, there just usually aren't homeless people in your house on the couch next to you while you play video games. Not, you not gotta, usually. You gotta go find them. Um, and so, again, just another great example of 
holiness. Um, but yet it's not like by worldly standards. I mean, yeah, he started a website, but like, and that still exists today. You can go to go find it, but, oh, really? um, but it's not like he did amazing, awesome things. He just lived the holy life as a, a Catholic teenager. And now we believe that he is in heaven. Yeah. So I really love the, the holiness and the littleness of that. And again, uh, it's kind of interesting. So he, uh, they've already made his stained glass window. I, I don't know where it was. And he wears Nikes. So like they put huh. him in there with Nikes and his exhumed body, which they now put out. I don't know where that is exactly in Italy. Um, in a church, he's wearing like a, uh, looks like, like a, like a, a like yeah, like jacket, a zip up, a zip up jacket yeah. with jeans and, and a pair of Nikes, which again, yeah. we sometimes I think have this image of like, Oh yeah, the saints, they wear robes <laughs> and they have like, uh, uh, yeah. like this idea, but the holiness that he was called to was just to be a 15 year old kid growing up as a millennial. And he was, and yet he still found the Lord. Yeah, the only robe I have is a bathrobe, and that would be weird to be <laughs> displayed in a bathrobe. Mm-hmm. You at least get, you know, vestments they could put you in. but Priestly vestments. Right. So, and then my last one, this is someone I met. So, actually, we're, don't get scandalized. We are basing this off of uh, a book called Saints Around the World. It's a kid's book by Meg Hunter Kilmer. It's really great. It just They she just released it. Didn't, you, didn't the Dome family just get this we as well? We did just buy this as well, yeah. Lots, I don't know, probably 100 or, or more uh, little little stories of the saints. From all over the world. All over the world, all through time. And then, uh, yeah, it's about two pages, not even. It's like a page for each saint and then a nice picture of them. And it has like drawing. a, it's like indexed by like, find a saint for a country. Find a, a saint that's based on this area, uh, this, um, this area of need in your life that you want to look for. Um, it has nice little pronunciations, which is good. Because so I was flipping through this book and trying to find a third person that I think would be really good. And this is a new person that I met, and I'm going to try to pronounce her name. She was from China, Saint Martha Wang Luau Mandu. Mandu. Okay, so please don't be offended <laughs> if you speak if you speak uh, French or if you speak uh, Chinese. Or, uh, yes, and we're going to call Mandarin. her Saint Martha Wang from here on out, so I don't good enough. make a fool of myself. So her story, again, I, this book has like just saints that I've never heard of, which is a beautiful thing for us to remember because there are so many saints that we've never heard of. And maybe we know yeah. them, but they're there that lives holy lives. And so she had, um, she was somebody who did housework. Uh, it's not like she went out and did great big, uh, you know, she did not lead a Bible study. She led, she did housework and she was willing to just do, uh, Little things. She was from a, a missionary area. Uh, again, China was hostile to the faith. And so she ended up just doing people's work and people in her house abandoned her. Her, her um, husband died and then mm. her children kind of put her away and didn't let her, didn't take care of her. So then she had to go work oh. for various places. So she worked for an inn and then she ended up working for a convent and a school. Again, just known as like a salt of the earth sort of person doing the Lord, just doing her work really well of being a cook laundry, someone who would be a housekeeper that would just help along the way. Mm-hmm. And she ended up um, helping out at the seminary and just helping doing that. But again, never was she doing this, but then the very end, 
um, when the Chinese government banned Catholicism, she was, uh, they, they raided where she was and they asked her like, well, who are you? Like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, if they're going, I think I'll go too. And then she ended up being martyred for the faith. Really? Again, that was not her plan. She was not going out of her way to be uh, defying the government or doing anything that thing. She just decided that, you know what, this is where I'm going to. She also did work to smuggle letters for different people because, again, no one looked at her as anything special because she's the person who cooked and person who did laundry. Mm -hmm. And I highlight her just because part of being a saint, part of being holy is sometimes doing what we're called to do. Um, and that time, this is what she had to do. She had to do this. So she did it really well. Um, and the way that we, and again, we all, I, what you do grocery shopping, the way you do laundry, the way you take your kids to practice, the way yeah. you do all of those things that we have to do, we can do them with love. We can do them with holiness and they don't necessarily go against our faith. It's just, this is part of the, the journey. And so. But yeah, we still also prepare our hearts for those moments when we come, when we have to, maybe we're not going to be challenged to the faith. Like, are you going to be taken to the, uh, to the camp to be, have something done to you, but maybe do you believe in this? Is this important to you, um, to be able to witness to, yeah, I go to church. I go to mass. It's important to me. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not the right answer at that moment. Um, and again, so all three of these these, uh, these saints, they, they live their lives and they love Jesus, but it's not like they went out and completely, I mean, uh, you know, brother, St. Brother Andre, probably he devoted his life as a, as a religious, but it's not like the other two, they were lay saints who just wanted to live their life in the best way possible to live their life for the Lord and are now, we pray they're, they're going to be saints just in heaven because and that's that's really I think very inspiring and something that we can definitely look at. And one of the helpful metrics when we look at you know where are we in our faith or even in doing an examination of conscience, we have to take into consideration our state in life. Mm-hmm. And as a mother or as a father, if we are not present at home with the family, and that's our vocation, marriage. Uh, but we're up here doing all kinds of ministry or sitting in the church praying. Mm-hmm. It's like you can not be present and fulfilling your vocation in your state in life because you think that that's not where holiness is lived out, that it can only be lived out at 8700 Brexville Road. Yeah, I think that that's totally true. And I think the ministries that we do here are great. And I mean, we have so many great people that run so many different things here. Um, but our, the primary, my primary calling is the people of, uh, to serve the diocese as a priest and to serve the church and to serve the people of St. Basil, but then the calling of so many other people, uh, who are married and, uh, they have families and that's actually their primary calling. So Mm -hmm. yeah, to continue to, that the holiness is not just because it's a church, the holiness actually should hopefully be in your homes and start from there. And then the church, you know, you come to mass and you receive the Eucharist and you take that back to where you are. Yeah. In a way that I can, you can reach people that I can't ever reach as a priest. Um, totally. It's very funny. Um, for our RCIA, I'll, uh, I have great team members and they lead small groups because every time I jump in on a small group and I haven't tried it yet with this RCIA group. So if any of my RCIA people listening, maybe they're like, we would never do that. 
you sit down and it's almost like they look at me like, oh, I need to know, say the right answer because father's there. Like, no, no. Yeah. But they're able to reach them at a different level and they have different life experiences where the, my team is able to engage and I can tell that there's like a little bit more of a freedom there than if they're trying to. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, it's a calling that they're doing a great job with. Um, so it's really amazing when we have our vocational call, how God uses that for our holiness and yeah. for, for life. Yeah. You do not work at a big insurance company or hospital or business. And so you just aren't around those people, mm-hmm. but everybody in our parish, you know, your community, your place of work, your family, whatever it is, father Matt can't be there. Yeah. And that's fine. Cause you're there and you're called to be holy, just like everybody else, no matter what the vocation, our main vocation is love, be united with God. All right. Another, I thought of another title for this. Let's hear it. Saints, we don't worship them. That's a good one, too. So I I think that we have saints that we name for two purposes. Um, And I say this actually at every baptism. So because a part of the baptism is you say um, the list, you say a litany of saints and you say pray for us. So two reasons why we name saints in the church, why they go through such uh, inexhaustible work to name the saints. Firstly, because they're examples. So these people, we kind of lay this out. They're examples. The three saints that we said other saints in our lives. They're examples. They're, they're there in heaven. If you want to dribble a basketball well, you find who's the person that dribbles the basketball well and you follow what he or she does. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to be an artist, you're going to follow what the artist tells you to do. If you're going to be a musician, you're going to look at musicians that you look up to and say, okay, how can I imitate them? We do the same thing with the saints. Secondly, the saints can pray for us. So much like I might say, Tommy, I'm having a tough time. Can you please pray for me? I'm not praying to you. I'm not um, worshiping you. I'm just saying, hey, you have a relationship with God. I have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. How can I pray for you? How can you pray for me? The saints are the faithful departed who have gone before us in heaven. And they're in heaven with the Lord. And so these saints that we named and other ones, they're there. They're with Jesus. So we're essentially saying, hey, can you pray for this? Can you go take this to Jesus? Much like maybe... uh, if you're like at an office setting and maybe someone is one end of the office and you're like, Hey, are you going there? You going to the other, other end yeah. of the building? Can you take that, that note for me? Yeah. And, but, but even a little bit more than that, but just knowing that they are there with the Lord and that they have a holiness to them and that they're able to pray um, with us and for us. Yeah. St. Paul in the Bible puts it very plainly. He says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't have a devotion to the saints, and that doesn't make you a bad Catholic. I think the presence of saints is just this awesome bonus God has given us to be examples and to be partners in prayer. Uh, so if you don't have any saint friends, it's, uh, you know, there's there are folks who never pray to their guardian angel, never mm-hmm. try and even recognize and be aware that they have a guardian angel there trying to help them. Uh, so we have a lot of beautiful bonuses in the faith to help us because at least I need help. I need a lot of help. I need lots of help. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, let's pray. Let's pray for this intercession. Very good. So um, 
at the end of uh, my prayer, one of the things that we do in the church is we say the saints' names, and then we say, pray for us. So I'll, I'll say the saints' name, and Tommy will respond, pray for us. You can also respond at home. So let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ever-loving God, help us to always choose holiness in our daily lives. Help us to realize that holiness is not just achieved at our parish, but is achieved everywhere that we go. Help us to realize that Jesus desires a relationship with us as he's desired a relationship with so many different people who have gone before us. We make this prayer through the intercession of uh, these three saints. So we say, St. Andre Bessette. Pray for us. Blessed Carlo Acutis. Pray for us. St. Martha Wang. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Matt. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah. Good to be with you. God bless you guys. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.